Hello, hi, and welcome to another edition of Jim on the Air. I'm Jim Suriani, your host. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, today, as a point of reference, is Saturday, May 23rd, 2020, and it is Memorial Day weekend. And um, of course, Memorial Day is on Monday, and it's a chance for us to honor and mourn the uh, military personnel who have died while serving in our armed forces in the United States. And um, I hope that everyone has a chance to do that, to um, honor those who have uh, died while serving. And it'll be interesting to see how we do that this time around. Uh, Usually Memorial Day weekend involves uh, ceremonies on Monday, um, either at uh, cemeteries or at various venues. And of course, we are still in quarantine, although here in California, things are gradually, slowly starting to reopen during the uh, COVID-19 quarantine. Um, But not everything. And I think uh, venues that are large venues are not um, reopening and only some certain retail stores and restaurants are um, opening and not even fully reopening they're opening with social distancing um, so anyway as I digress um, it'll be interesting to see how we do Memorial Day this year and pa- my guess is I'm sure a lot of it will be online you know on videos or online or either um, recorded somehow and, uh, but anyway, it's a Memorial Day weekend, and it's an interesting uh, Memorial Day weekend this year, of course, because of the quarantine. Um, but whatever you do, I hope you do have a chance to uh, reflect this Memorial Day weekend. I hope you have a chance to do whatever you want to do in your own special way to honor and mourn uh, those military personnel who have uh, died while serving in our United States Armed Services, the Armed Forces, rather. And um, whatever you do, I hope you have a chance to uh, take a moment to do that. Um, But at any rate, uh, this particular episode, I'm going to, I decided I would share another interview that I have done uh, for the Digital Arts Festival, which was produced by Center Stage Theater here in Santa Barbara, California. And this particular episode will feature uh, one of my good friends, uh, she's an actress and a singer and um, and a stand-up comedian. <laughs> she's done a little bit of everything, and her name is Deborah Bertling. And I'm going to feature that episode from the Digital Arts Festival on this episode of my show, Jim on the Air, and uh, give you a chance to uh, learn more about Deborah Bertling and what she's all about. So um, sit back, relax, and uh, have fun listening to this interview. And um, again, you are listening to Jim on the Air, in case you forgot. (laughs) Jim on the Air, and we're just going to take a tiny, a tiny break. Just a tiny, itty bitty little, tiny little break. We're going to take a little break, and then we'll be right back with the uh, interview with Deborah Bertling from the Digital Arts Festival, which was produced by Center Stage Theater. By the way, if you'd like to see any of the Digital Arts Festival shows, the videos are available on the Center Stage website, centerstagetheater.org, and just click on the blog tab. All right, I'm going to take a little break. Don't go to no place. I'll be right back. You're listening to Jim on the Air. Hi, 
Hi, and welcome to another edition of the Digital Arts Show. I'm Jim Suriani, your host, your host with the most. I'm contractually obligated to say that. No, I'm not, and I'm joking, and I joke. I use that joke almost every single time. Anywho, uh, thank you for joining us on the Digital Arts Show. This show is actually part of the Digital Arts Festival that is produced by Center Stage Theater of Santa Barbara, California. The Digital Arts Festival shows stream nightly at 7 p.m. And you can find out more on the Center Stage website, centerstagetheater.org, and just click on the blog tab. There's a thing in the middle there that says blog, and also the blog tab is on the homepage. Click on that, and it takes you to the uh, Digital Arts Festival page, where you can find out all about the artists that we've had on before, and also today's artists. The purpose of the Digital Arts Festival is to create an outlet for artists of all kinds to share their work. And because of the shutdown and quarantine, many artists and performers suddenly found themselves with no way to show their work or to perform. And unfortunately, in some cases, the work that these artists have created might not ever be seen by the public, and that would just be too bad. And that has been the case for some uh, organizations. But it, in an effort to turn that around and to find a workaround, if you will, the Digital Arts Festival was created by Center Stage to help artists and performers uh, connect with their audiences in a virtual setting. So we're trying to you know, make some lemonade out of the lemons that we've been dealt. Uh, so we'll have dance, theater, music, film, visual arts, poetry, storytelling, and much more. And again, in case you missed it, you can find it all on the Center Stage website, centerstagetheater.org, and click on the blog tab. Today's guest is uh, one of my friends and a local artist in town, Deborah Bertling. Deborah has performed on stages throughout Central California in operas, plays, concerts, and stage readings, musicals, and more. She has also appeared in commercials and has done voiceover work for film and TV ads. Her opera highlights include Magic Flute and Madama Butterfly, just to name a small few. And her musical theater credits include Next to Normal, A Little Night Music, Carrie the Musical, and Spring Awakening, also just to name a few there. And her film credits include Earthquake Country, which is currently in post-production, Rescued, which is currently making the film festival rounds, and also South Sopete Street. She has shared uh, personal stories through speaking of stories at Center Stage Theater for the past few years. She recently recorded a podcast series voicing an AI-driven android, and I'll have to ask her about that. Deborah is president of the Performing Arts Scholarship Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to assisting young musicians in Santa Barbara County. She's also vice president of the CAMA Board of Directors and president of the CAMA Women's Board. Deborah is very passionate about music, education, and volunteers as a CAMA, that's C A M A, CAMA Music Matters docent in area schools. And for more about Deborah, you can uh, visit her website, and we'll give that out a couple times throughout the show today. DebraMarksBertling.com, all one word. Debra, M-A-R-K-S, Bertling, B-E-R-T-L-I-N-G.com. -E and if you were grabbing your pen, I'll give it out again throughout the show. But I just want to get to the uh, interview and welcome my friend Deborah Bertling to the show. Welcome, Deborah Bertling. Thank you, Jim. I am so happy to see you. I'm happy to see you too, virtually. <laughs> It's been a while, hasn't it? it to be able it to see in person. Yeah. How and um, how are you doing on this uh, 
day in May. <laughs> Today is a good day. I have this to look forward to, and it helps to have things to look forward to. Yes, it does. I, I am, I am tired of not having any real social life to speak of, but I am grateful for the technology because we've been able to do Zoom cocktail meetings with some friends every Friday night. I have a little Zoom acting thing that I do every Monday night with my teacher and some other actors in town. Um, so I'm trying to mix it up and keep it, you know, not so boring. Right, right. Well, excellent. It's good that you are, are finding a way around this quarantine, as many people are. So let me uh, start off by asking um, for you to tell us a little bit about your your background, your creative and artistic path that brought you where you are today. Oh, I started singing before I started talking, I think, according to my mom, anyway. I knew that I was going to be a singer when I was very, very young. And in fact, I begged my father to let me sing in church when I was five years old. And he put me up in front of everyone, and that was that. <laughs> so I, wow. I just knew I was singing in, in public. That was always the thing that drove me. And I have a degree in voice performance. And then, you know, real life took hold, and I had to work a regular job job. And, my singing sort of took a back seat for a little while um, in my early 20s, but I married Peter and moved to Santa Barbara about the same time that Opera Santa Barbara was just coming into um, being. And I was fortunate enough to land some roles and sing in a lot of the choruses over the years for Opera Santa Barbara. And so I got back into my operatic singing. So I approach everything else that I do from an operatic standpoint, and I'll explain that later. Um, so I branched out in the early 2000s. I started to think, you know, I need a little help with auditioning for opera. So I started taking acting classes. And I had done some acting in college and high school, and but never really trained as an actor. And I'm a, a research freak. I, I feel like if I'm going to do something, I need to learn everything I possibly can about it so that I do a good job, right? Sure. So I started acting classes and I, I studied with John Randall for a while, Peter Frisch for a long while. Um, I went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts for a summer intensive. I just tried to pack in as much training as I could and then started auditioning for a lot of plays and I've done a lot of musicals, more musicals nowadays than um, opera. But I, I just, anything goes now. I like the podcast. Um, I've even done stand-up comedy recently for the first time ever. Yes, I, I, I heard about that. Tell us a little bit about the, the uh, stand-up comedy. And when I saw your post about that recently, I was like, <laughs> good for her. <laughs> well, it, I'll tell you, I was very nervous about it. It was something that was out of my, and I've done improv, and improv doesn't scare me so much. I think because improv is improv. You just get up there and you go, yes, and, and that's all you have to do. But there's something about putting yourself out there and talking about something and knowing that you're there for laughs. If they don't think you're funny, you're going to tank. So there was some pressure there. But one of my dear friends is Carol Metcalf. And she, of course, is a lifelong stand-up comedian. And she kept putting a bug in my ear. I mean, she's been working on me for literally years to do stand-up. And I finally acquiesced. I said, fine, I'm going to do this. Um, I'm going to do it about something I know intimately and something that 
can be kind of funny. And so I did my set on being an opera singer. Oh, and there wow. is plenty of um, comedic fodder in the opera world. <laughs> <laughs> and that must be, that's a nice little niche because not too many people would necessarily know, you know, what goes on behind the scenes, if you will, in right. and stuff like that. Yeah. Because you, you the, maybe the assumption is that the, it's all very professional or, or, or what have you, but I'm sure well, it would be. Well, yeah, but it's also very dramatic. And we right. also are, we tend to be a little self-absorbed and not in a bad way necessarily, but we have spent our entire adult lives training for COVID-19. I mean, we have been washing our hands and avoiding people's germs and wiping surfaces down and you know, being anal about germs because right. we can't get sick. We are the instrument. We are gonna sing in public and we cannot be sick. So this doesn't really phase me that much, this whole quarantine thing and, and all of the steps we're taking to stay well, because I've been doing that short of wearing a mask. Right, right. So that's kind of already yeah, been I mean, a part of- Now cute masks. I have masks to color coordinate with my outfits. Of course you do. I love that. <laughs> That's great. I know. I I only have one. I wish I had more than one <laughs> to go with different things. I can put you onto a gal named Kayla who makes them at home, and she has all different kinds of fabrics: manly fabrics, fun fabrics, anything you want, Jim. And they're oh my ten dollars. I'll give well, you that after. The yes. Well, we'll talk after the after the interview. Um, and, and speaking of, uh, you, you were mentioning about what you prepare as an opera singer. Um, and uh, as I mentioned earlier in your uh, bio, you have a very diverse background. Uh, as we've mentioned, you, you're an actor both on stage and in film, a singer, musical theater, opera, etc. Um, how does your creative process differ in these different pursuits? That's a great question. And I'm going to start by saying I approach everything as if I'm going to be doing opera. And I mean that I am a research freak. And when I was doing opera, it was very important to know the language that I was singing in. And I had to have someone who was fluent in that language work with me on a very good translation, not just the translation and the Shermer score. And I would learn everything I could about the background of the piece. And um, in the opera world, we kind of come from a place where the composer is God. The composer has written this music that is actually telling the story. The words are very important too, and the librettist is, is an important component. But when you look at anything, whether it's a film score or um, the text from a play, especially Shakespeare, you have to address it like it's a, you're going to interpret this piece and you have to know everything you can about it and why it was written and why this character is the way this character is. So I'm, I think I would be a very good dramaturg. And I love being in shows when there's a dramaturg assigned to the project because I learn so much from them. But I already come at something with a lot of research because I, I just love to learn everything I can about what I'm doing. Right, right. So, whether, so you, go ahead. That is the same no matter what uh, medium I'm performing in. So you kind of use that all across all the same, all the different uh, uh, art forms. You use pretty much the same uh, technique as far as uh, research. 
and, uh, and that's great. Um, by the way, before I forget, I want to give out your um, website. We gave it out earlier, but just in case if people want to write it down, if you'd like to learn more about Deborah, her website is DebraMarksBertling.com. All one word, Deborah, D-E-B-O-R-A-H, Marks, M-A-R-K-S, Bertling, B-E-R-T-L-I-N-G. DebraMarksBertling.com, and she's also available on um, Instagram and Facebook at Debra Bertling, and she has a YouTube channel under the same name as well, Debra Bertling, and you can find her there on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, so, Debra, let me ask you: you have, um, as we mentioned, a lot of experience as a stage actor in opera, musical theater, and also recently you've added film to your repertoire. How do those experiences differ, or are they are they similar? They differ greatly in the amount of external activity you do. If you're on stage in front of anywhere from 300 to 1,000 people, what you're going to do to convey that character is going to be much bigger than you're going to use on a screen. Everything kind of falls right in the mask of the face. And at least this is based on the training that I've received and my understanding of the medium. You don't have the luxury of flailing your arms about or prancing around if you're in a semi-close or a very close shot. You have to give everything through your eyes. You have to use your voice. You bring everything down. And it's not that you're giving less, but you're focusing it in a different way. So I really was I'm a little nervous about film when I first started taking film class and then I realized that the, the camera is like another character in the scene and you just need to accept this other character and know where that character is at all times and then remember how to engage with that other character but without looking at that character because you can't right. look right at the camera right unless you're would you look at the camera if the camera is supposed to be the other person that you're talking directly to sometimes? In, in a rare case there like are, that. But. And this actually came up in Earthquake Country um, because my character in that movie had ba flashbacks. She would look directly into the camera and then they would fade out. And so we did a lot of shots where I had to look directly into the camera. Oh, okay. But mostly I was looking slightly away from the camera because I wasn't supposed to look right into the camera. Right, usually, right. it's that, like breaking good... the wall in a play. You're right. not going to literally talk to the audience, unless it's written that way, and there are things that are written that way, but generally right. you are talking to other characters, even if you're cheating out, you're trying to be seen. And that, that's an interesting way to put it too, you know, is treating the camera as another character in, in the film, because, um, then that just kind of helps you to create how you uh, respond, how you listen and respond, I guess, in, yes. in that situation, whether or not the camera is supposed to be someone you're talking directly to, like you're getting in their face or something, or if it's supposed to just be there, you know, taking in the action. That's uh, that's an interesting way to, to look at that. And I remember that when I, I lived in LA for a little while and I did extra work and you weren't supposed to look at the camera at all. <laughs> it was like, you had to be aware of where it was so that you didn't look at it. Right. And so that you, or that you wouldn't you know, arbitrarily look at it and go, oh God, I'm looking at the camera. But um, right. yeah, so that's, it's, 
it, there is a lot of uh, differences there between the two uh, mediums. Um, uh, so as we mentioned earlier, you um, you did uh, personal stories. You've done speaking speaking of stories um, on stage at Center Stage as a writer, um, as part of the personal stories. Tell us about that experience. What was that like for you, from writing a story to performing it on stage? Um, that was really that was a big step for me because I've been writing um, for a long, long time. I wrote poetry when I was young and I still write poetry very rarely, but I still write some. And I wrote stories or I wrote journal type things, essays, devotional things, but I never shared them with anyone because I never felt like they were good enough to share with anyone. So when the speaking of stories started doing these personal stories, I thought, you know what? It can't hurt to just give them one and see what happens. If they don't like it, they won't choose me and I won't get to do it. But if I don't ever try, I won't ever know. So my first story with them was the story about the year that Peter, unbeknownst to me, we were still dating then, flew my parents out and had a Santa suit for my father and I was supposed to go to LAX to pick up my sister, who that year was teaching in Seoul, Korea. She was teaching at an elementary school. It was right out of college. It was her first real big job. And she was teaching at a diplomat school. And she couldn't get to Pennsylvania for Christmas, so she came to see me. So we were commiserating over the phone about how it would be so sad that we would be together, but we couldn't be with mom and dad. And so Pete went ahead and bought them airline tickets, put them up at a hotel next to LAX. And then I was supposed to go pick up Becky, but I was going to be surprised and find that my mom and dad were there. But my dad was supposed to appear as Santa Claus. And so I am in the Bradley Terminal, flight from Korea, all of these short Korean people all running around. I'm, you know, 5'8". I'm taller than almost everyone. And I see Santa, you can't miss him. He's across the terminal and I'm walking to try to see if I can find my sister coming out of, of um, anyway, whatever that, yeah. So um, I, I'm thinking, he keeps looking at me. This is weird, it's creeping me out. So I continue to ignore him. And then he hands me a butterscotch crimpet. Now, if you grew up on the East Coast, you know, Tasty Cakes, Tasty Cake Butterscotch Crimpets are one of my all-time favorite little cake snacky things. And so he said, would you like some Butterscotch Crimpets? And I knew it was my dad. And then I screamed and I hugged him. And I'm like, where's mom? So he said, oh, she's hiding over there by the ladies room. So I ran off to find her. And in the interim, Becky came out of the gate and I missed her initial reaction, but we heard it from all the way across the terminal. My sister screamed bloody murder. So <laughs> I put this together as a story. And I, I mean, my boss was in on it. I was working at Yamaha at the time down in Gwynn Park and everybody was in it. My roommates, everyone knew about it except me. And everyone kept the secret very well. And so then I came home from the airport, not just with my sister, but with my parents as well. And my dad was dressed as Santa in the car. And so people were honking and we're on the 405 freeway. And I look over and there is this white Honda. It is filled with gifts, like up to the gills. And we just started laughing. And so we're honking at them and then they look at us and they're like, oh my gosh, it was like Santa 
play of toys going right, down right. the forum. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> funny. That's a so that was the story you told for speaking of stories. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. I love that. The, the little car with the gifts and Santa in the other car. Yeah. It's like, wait, they're supposed to be together. <laughs> that's a that's a great story. And again, if you'd like to learn more about Deborah, her website is DebraMarksBertling.com. That's DebraMarksBertling.com. And you can see all of her information on her website there. So Deborah, um, let me ask you then, how have you been impacted by the stay at home order? The main impact for me has been not being able to go to live theater and concerts. I uh, just about every day of the week have some social engagement that involves either a camera concert or somebody, a friend of mine is in a play or I'm in rehearsal for something. Um, I'm always out and about doing theater and right. music. And so to just have everything drop off suddenly without any you know notice like boom you're done everything's canceled that was really hard i mean yeah really hard. i bet and I... so i have learned to adjust it wasn't it wasn't good it wasn't pretty at first and but i've learned i've learned how to adjust and calm things down i have stopped watching the news I do read some articles online and I'll watch the KEYT local news so that I know what's happening in town and I read a couple local newspapers, but I really, I don't have time for all of these opinion discussions and arguments and this expert and that expert and I, I'm, just, I'm just over all of that. And I find that I'm happier and more well adjusted when I just stick to doing what I do. And I have found things like this interview, um, the living room cabaret with Out of the Box Theater. Sam um, put together this, you know, 10th anniversary show, and we had it up on Facebook Live. And Are you talking about uh, Samantha Eve? Uh huh, Samantha yes. Eve of Out of the Box Theater. And we're in the 10th year of Out of the Box. And I've been in a lot of the shows over the years. So we had a little tribute show with, oh, I think there were 10 or 11 of us that all sang something from a Broadway show. And then there was Power the Outlet. I think that's still going on, actually, with yes. Sarah Parker and Nita Jean Devonzo. And they have this actor-driven um, thing on Instagram where you write something and submit it, and then another actor is given your material to um, video and then you you video someone else's material so yes I've I've done checked it. those are really cool the, the power of the outlet they're on Instagram and then um, mm -hmm. the website is um, the outlet dot art or power the outlet power right. the outlet mm -hmm. that's right that's on Instagram power the outlet yeah and I've checked a couple of them out and they're really cool and um, hopefully they'll continue to do that even after the quarantine it's a really neat project that they're doing. And um, uh, speaking of different projects and stuff, as uh, we briefly talked about earlier, you did a parody of Ladies Who Lunch, which is from the Sondheim musical company. And yes. um, you did a parody of that. What was that experience like? And has it inspired you to do, do other uh, parodies or other creative outlets? I was, um, I, I joined this group on Facebook called Quarantine Cabaret. And everyone was putting things up, 
you know, people just singing in their houses or um, I, I just I thought, hey, I could do that. I can actually do that. And so I decided to change up the words to one of my all-time favorite Sondheim pieces. And I love Sondheim and he just turned 90. And there was that big celebration on YouTube for his 90th birthday with all of these Broadway stars singing. And Peter and I got dressed up and watched that here in our own home and felt like we were at the birthday party. And so I thought, why, why not do this? And so most of what I'm doing is just like, sure, I can do that. Okay, I'm just gonna do it. Nice. And so I, I have not very many other things to do and I've organized my sock drawer now and I've cleaned <laughs> out the refrigerator and I organized a room in my basement. And, you know, I'm trying to stay busy, but you can only do that so many hours of the day. Wait, wait, you haven't repainted the house? <laughs> no. I haven't done that. <laughs> Just wait. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that might be coming next. Well, and, and I have to say, um, I, I saw the parody of uh, Ladies Who Lunch, and it's called Ladies Who Post. Is that right? right. And yes, it's, Ladies Who Post. It was so clever, and you did a great job singing it. I was like, yay, bravo! <laughs> bravo to my friend, Deborah. And um, I think you've gotten like over 200 hits already on it, which is pretty I cool. Yeah. That's great. Hopefully you'll get some more, I'm sure. Um, and that was, that was a, so do you think you might do another one if, if, if you're inspired? Yes, I might. I very well might do that. Nice. And then what are you looking forward to most uh, once life starts to get back to quote unquote normal? What are you looking forward to doing the most once we do that? <laughs> I'm, I'm really looking forward to going karaoke. I love to karaoke and we have several places here in town. My favorite is James Joyce, which is on Lower State Street. And I usually go with Carol Metcalf. And we like to dress up and we just sing our hearts out and we have so much fun. And I miss just getting together with people who are crazy and want to have fun and singing just anything. And then I will I will be looking forward to um, a Broadway cruise I have coming up and uh, towards the middle of July. As of right now, it's still on. I hope that it doesn't get canceled, but this will be, I think it's our fifth year doing these things. We go out on the channel on the Condor Express and I've done opera cruises. And this year I'm doing a Broadway cruise with Zach Mendez. He is an, a tenor friend of mine who also works for Opera Santa Barbara. So we'll be doing things from Les Mis. Um, so we'll do, be doing a Sondheim tribute. We will do some Andrew Lloyd Webber, a uh, bunch of other things. Nice. It'll be a fun job. That's coming up July 18th. Yes. It's what? July 18th. July 18th. And hopefully, fingers crossed, that actually happens. I don't see why not. Hopefully, we'll be out of the quarantine by then. But. You never know, but hopefully that'll be happening. Well, we have that to look forward to. And um, and uh, Debbie, I could talk to you all afternoon. I wish we could talk more, but we're just about out of time. But before we have to go, okay. I just want to give out your information one more time for folks. Um, again, uh, Deborah's website is DebraMarksBertling.com. That's D-E-B-O-R-A-H-M-A-R-K-S, Bertling, B-E-R-T-L-I-N-G, DebraMarksBertling.com. And um, she's also on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube under Deborah Bertling as well. You can find her on those platforms. And if you'd like to learn more about Center Stage Theater, you can check them out at centerstagetheater.org. That's centerstagetheater.org. And also click on the blog tab to uh, check out the Digital Arts 
festival on the blog there again centerstagetheater.org and if you want to know what i'm up to if you want to figure out what i'm doing you can find me on social media as well jim on the air on both facebook and instagram jim on the air and my podcasts can be found on spotify and anchor.fm jim on the air as well and i just want to thank you all for watching and uh, participating in our in our festival and deborah thank you for taking out time out of your day to join us and continue success with all of your work thank you and thank you to center stage for doing this absolutely thank you center stage theater for putting this together and um we will say goodbye for now and bye for now <laughs> bye everybody And that's going to do it for this edition of the Jim on the Air podcast, episode 10. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I'm glad you got to uh, listen to the interview with Deborah Bertling. And um, by the way, in case you forgot, you can uh, check out all the digital arts festival shows on the Center Stage website, centerstagetheater.org. That's Center Stage Theater. ER, Center Stage Theater, spelled E-R, centerstagetheater.org, and click on the blog tab. And you can also find the videos on my YouTube channel, Jim Suriani. That's J-I-M-S-I-R-I-A-N-N-I, Jim Suriani on YouTube, and the videos are there as well. And um, if, by the way, if you or somebody you know may be interested in sponsoring my show, Jim on the Air, uh, please feel free to uh, shoot me an email to jimontheair at gmail.com. That's jimontheair at gmail.com. And I'm not sure where you're listening, but the show is available on Spotify. And it's also available on an app called anchor.fm. Anchor, anchor.fm and Spotify. And um, again, if you would like to uh, sponsor the show or if you know somebody who might be interested, have them shoot me an email to jimontheair at gmail.com <laughs> almost forgot jim on the air at gmail.com thank you so much for listening and uh supporting the show and we'll catch you next time bye bye everybody <laughs>